This is a Color Pencil Podcast, session number 237. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a Color Pencil Podcast. Weekly discussions in and around this medium that we love so much. All right, welcome back. This is our part two of the interview with Stephanie Weaver. If you've not heard part one yet, just go back to last week, session 236. And we pick up our discussion today where she's talking about taking commission work. Do the next one for you. This is for you. And that helps them a great deal. And they, I think they do over time realize that they weren't quite ready because there are a lot of questions to follow before and understand before you can actually start painting for somebody else. I always uh, advise students to start with family first and friends, close, close people. Don't take a whole lot of money for it in the beginning or give things away for free. Get used to that interaction for a while. And, you know, your circle of influence uh, it usually is pretty close to you. And you can usually gain some commissions in that way. But I've also seen it happen where uh, they've gotten some harsh reactions and uh, and then they left art and wouldn't do art anymore. And so there is a time period, I feel like. It's not the same for everyone. It's not this continuum that you can you point to and say this is exactly when you're going to uh, be ready to start doing commissions. But you also have to realize that sometimes you're not always going to get that favorable response whenever you create a commission. Is there some kind of formula or can you tell, can you point to something and say, okay, now they're ready? I think so. And I think it's a, a conversation that they have to have with themselves. I've written yeah. an article on my website with a free download. And, oh, cool. Uh, yeah. An article just kind of walks through the five questions to ask yourself to identify if you are ready to take on commission. Awesome. And, and, it, and you also hit on another point I kind of want to go back to about the negative feedback, even yeah. from family and friends. Yeah. So one of the things that I encourage artists to do is find a community of artists like what you and I have. And yeah. I've got a, another group that I meet with every Wednesday where we support and build each other up. Because what I found is with my students, the the ones that flourish in their artwork have that support. Mm-hmm. And the ones that are struggling, they don't have that support network, even at home. You know, I know there's, a, there's art therapy out there. Um, some of my students come to me because they used to find joy in it. And now they're in a, a relationship or have family that beats them down. Mm. Something that I've recently, you know, recognized in them to they're, they're seeking their family's approval and right. doing missions for them. And the, the family, Oh my gosh. I mean, that, that made me feel so incredibly blessed to have the family that I have to hear the comments that these people have gotten from their family. Oh, it just, yeah. it crushed them. One of the ladies didn't come back because her, what oh. her husband and it's, um, so what, um, what I'm saying is be careful of who you share your artwork with because mm-hmm especially early on when you're developing that style and that technique and you're not 100% confident in your abilities, be right. careful with who you share it with. Yeah, you're fragile at that point. 
Yeah, and yeah. you have you have to yeah yeah I, I think that that bears repeating just a little bit um, that yeah if there's any cracks in your mental armor art can really do it for you and just break you down very quickly if you have some unhealthy relationships around you. On the other hand, if you have been creating art for a while and you're able to listen to criticism, someone who has your interest at heart and wants to help you improve, then it might be time for you to branch out and for you to start taking some commissions. But just just remember that uh, it, it's a whole new ballgame when you start doing commissions and other than getting bad reference photos, there's a whole lot of other things that happen along the way. Um, I mean, we could talk about like that contractual relationship that you have with the client. And sometimes, you know, sometimes you get a lot of um, good feedback from the client. Sometimes I've got nothing. I mean, it's just like nothing, you know, you'll send progress updates and things like that. And it always shocks me when that happens. Like, Okay, thanks for the update. Things like that. I'm like, okay, is that it? <laughs> but I mean, so there's just a whole plethora of things that um, you can go through. I mean, it's an up and down sometimes with the responses and the reactions that you get. So you kind of have to be prepared for some of that. Would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. I, in the beginning, uh, when I started taking commissions, I would send them the drawing and then I would send them like the underpainting and then I would yeah. send them. You know, the second layer, third layer, and so on. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Every step. Huh? Yeah. 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 And you stop do doing that. that, right? Yeah. yeah. No. Once they approve the drawing, and then I right. just start painting until, you know, I'm at the last stage, right yeah. before I add the whiskers or the sparkles to the eyes or whatever, right. and let them know, okay, it's almost done. I'm going to need another three weeks to let it dry. You know, like you said, sometimes there's just like negative reactions and just right. go, oh, now can we get on a Skype call and I'll uh, show you my dog and and I'm, I'm, that's that's a real example. <laughs> that's a real example. Um, right, right. And but there's been times you know, I see this was even last year and I I am pretty good at what I do. I yeah, <laughs> yeah. worked on this one dog for six months. It's a German Shepherd. Most German Shepherds are pretty standard in kind of their, you know, their muzzle and nose, eyes, placement, and all this. Right. So um, it was about six months working into it. I finally said, okay, I don't think I'm going to be able to meet your expectations. <laughs> so, um, I'm, you know, I'm going to keep the 50% non-refundable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I've kind of lost count of the amount of times that a student has come to me, started taking commissions and said, you know, I wish that I had taken a down payment. I'm like, yes, mm -hmm. you've got to take a down payment. I recommend 50 percent. I know uh, some people take 10 or 20. To me, it needs to be a little bit worth it. They have some skin in the game before I can start. But, yeah, once once you do that. Um, and you require that down payment, it changes the whole relationship big mm -hmm. time. And I've just, I've, I've seen that play out over and over again where someone's brand new, they're starting to take commissions, they didn't take a down payment, and then they go back to the client and they're showing them these early stages where it's going through this ugly process and the client is like, eh, thanks anyway. Yeah, think that, that's good effort. Thanks anyway. I, I think I changed my mind. Things like that. Nothing can crush you quicker than something like that. So do yourself a favor. Take a 
down payment, take a down payment of around 50%, have a contract, have a contract, always have a contract, have it agreed upon. If you're long distance, have some email correspondence where there's a contract, they agree to the contract. Um, very, very important. On my website where I'll have the, the checklist, where I have the checklist of yeah. uh, free downloadable, it also includes a sample invoice that I provide that has nice. the terms within it. And so far, I mean, everything's been really good. Even that lady that I just gave the example of where I told her, I don't think I'm going to be able to meet your expectations because it's not a photograph. If I wanted right. a photograph. I would go to Walgreens and pay $13 to have it done. Exactly. But this is <laughs> this is an interpretation. It's art. Yeah. It's art. The funny thing is she came to back to me and she's like, no, 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 you're right. Keep going. I won't say another word. Tell me when you're done. I'm like, all right. That's good. <laughs> so, that's, that's the way you want that to go. Um, so thank you so much for making that available. That will be in the show notes, sharpenedartist.com slash podcast. Just head on over there and the link will be there to Stephanie's blog. Be sure you download that guide. Uh, that, that's a great resource. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for making that available. That is awesome. Glad to help. And artists, we got to stick together. That piece of advice about taking commissions would be you don't have to. Right. I know a lot of artists, they don't want to. But they, they walk the steps of taking commissions and realize this is not something that brings joy to them. Right. You know, when you get into art and you get into creating, it's something to be part of something that's yours. And right. if you don't find joy in giving, you know, in creating that, that piece of art for somebody else, don't do it. You don't have to do it. This The beauty of doing art is you get to die on your own path. Getting money doesn't have to come from commissions. Create what you want, create what brings joy, and people will follow that. I, I love that, too. Yeah, commissions is not for everyone. For one, you're creating something that someone else wants you to create. Maybe you don't find a joy in that. Maybe you find joy only in creating things that you want to create. There is a buyer for whatever it is you create. Um, don't try to force yourself into uh, this commercial space where you think something will sell just because you're looking at the market. Create what you like to create, subject matter that you like, and then there is a buyer uh, for that art. It may take you a while to find that buyer or for the buyer to find you, but there is someone out there that will be interested in your voice. Now, one of the things that I struggled with before um, you and I started talking and even before um, I have a group here in Huntsville that I meet with like every Wednesday from 12 right. to 2 and we have very kind of structured co conversations and yeah. lessons that we teach each other. Um, and before that happened, you know, you're on your own. You have this yeah. vision of an artist in their studio just creating, 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 and the world just kind of comes to find them. It's not the case. No. Uh, you have to go out and find your people, not only the people that you can talk with and bounce ideas off with, right. but you also have to get out and find your people who your art resonates with. So right. it's, um, and having these types of conversations like what you and I have and my, my other mastermind group has fuels that fire to reach out to more people because if you're just in your studio by yourself having little arguments inside your head about <laughs> right. is this a good idea no, beating yourself idea. down that <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're not going to go anywhere but having like you and me doing the conversations i'll run an idea by you and you're like, 
well, how did you come up with that? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, you got to sharpen the axe. You you have to. You've got to fill your own cup first. There is an excitement there that you know. Just talking about how can we help our audience even more? How is it that we can create something and help a greater number of people? With less work, not more work. You can always add more work. I mean, trust me, I know what it's like to <laughs> to work seven days a week, and I'm trying to get out of that mode. But I'm finding out there are shortcuts. There are ways of doing things once or twice and then repeating those steps so that you can help more people and you can maximize your income at the same time. Because let's face it, folks, if you're teaching and you're not making money, you're not making enough to support yourself, your business is going to dry up. You know, we can all just go home because it's not going to last. It won't sustain you. You can't do it anymore. It's just a hobby. So that's an important piece of it. But when I when we have these conversations, uh, Stephanie and I, uh, with these mastermind calls, I am so energized after that. I'm ready to go conquer the world. And I've, I've got new ideas. Just having the ideas in my head, like you said, you kind of like you have these arguments with yourself. That's, that's very true. And you second guess yourself a lot. Bouncing it off someone else who's doing the same thing really does make a big, big difference. There's a, there's a phrase in the Bible and I go back to it quite a bit and I'm not very good about memorizing things. But it's essentially iron sharpens iron. And yeah. we are each other's iron. And right. we've got to be together to sharpen each other. And we just become better tools for what we're supposed to be doing. So. Absolutely. Solomon said that, yes. So one of the really great things that I love about my mastermind group when I'm with you, but also with my other crew, is accountability. You know, every time we meet, we're going through, okay, so over the last two weeks, what have you been working on? How did that go for you? And you learn from that. And then what is your focus going to be on the next two weeks? And so we go through that and start punching holes in each other's um, strategy so that mm-hmm. you can be better. I know um, in my mastermind group here, and I think I've sent you a couple things too. Whenever I write articles, you know, these are things that are kind of bouncing around in my head. Is this right. a good idea? And so I'll send um, you guys the the draft in Evernote of here's the draft article. Rip it apart. You know, right. I'm not married to this. My goal is to help people. So if you find holes, punch them. Let's fix it, fix it now so that we can help other people. And that's the accountability, the the sounding board, all of those things are amazing things that you cannot get by yourself. No, it's very, very true. The accountability to me is one of the biggest things, actually. I, I hate to admit this about myself, but I, I wonder if I would get any work done at all if I hadn't had masterminds um, ever since I started my art business. I mean, really, I, I'm being very serious about that. You can have a lot of great plans and I'll work at those plans, but I know I'm going to face, you know, I'm going to be looking at someone's eyeballs on Tuesday or something like that. And I'm going to have to say if I got it done or not. You know, I had that when I had my day job, you know, when I had when I had that IT habit that I finally kicked, I was I I, I had to show up and uh, say whether or not I got something done and why I didn't get it done. You know, that kind of thing. Or with a group, I had to 
uh, ask them why they did or did not get something done. They're expecting me to be accountable for my end of it. So there's nothing that can replace that, I don't think. If you're working in isolation, as many artists do, then I think you do need something uh, to just just keep yourself motivated, but then also accountable. One of the things that you really helped me with that I, I struggle with, I am a perfectionist. And so I, you know, one of the things you, I, even like a couple of weeks ago, you're like, man, that, you sound like you're ready to pull the trigger on that. And I'm like, he hauling around over here and, you know, okay, well, I could do this and this and this. You know, no, you're ready to pull the trigger. <laughs> like uh, okay. We're a lot alike in that regard, but I have learned to just go ahead and get it shipped. Get something out the door, you know, good. Don't let uh, perfection stand in the way of good enough. It takes a lot of courage. 80% done is yeah. better than not done. So exactly. get it. I know I'll improve it over time, right? That's what you're thinking, right? Well, it's better to fail to a small audience than yeah. like really big audience. So, right. And you learn from each one of these little, and they're not really failures. They're just learning experiences. And I think that's a right. big thing to distinguish from. And people, you know, when you got those relationships with your students and they're, they're forgiving, yeah. um, they recognize yeah. that I'm, I'm a human. It's not, yeah. not, I don't have the ginormous team behind me. Not some me. big corporation. Yeah, exactly. It's just me trying to do my best to serve you. And I think the reason sometimes, though, for perfectionism and the hesitation and the fancy procrastination, which we do when we plan, 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 it's a form of art, even uh, teaching, doing something where you're saying, hey, I made this. I created this. I think this is great for you to go through this. You'll learn things. That's a form of art right there. Sometimes if I just stay inside my own head, I'm going to be like, oh, I don't really want to hear any feedback on that. And I can't tell you the amount of times that I'll get an email from somebody and I've not opened it up yet. But in my mind, if I'm in that that dark space, sometimes I'm like, oh, here's a complaint. Probably somebody's just going to ream me out about this, you know, and and it's not. Usually it's a compliment. Relatively few times do I ever get a criticism. And I'm talking about a criticism like, hey, um, I'm confused. Do I get this or that? You know, it's a question usually. And in my mind, I'm internalizing it as some kind of negative thing. <laughs> you know, it goes through my head like and stops me from putting something out there. And it's that kind of thing. It's this fear, I think, that we have inside of us a lot of times. I am, I am so there with you. The fear is one of my major like hesitations. You know, the, the fear of you know somebody coming back at me with yeah. criticism, and yeah, I will get hundreds of compliments. Right. The only one that I remember is the negative. Is the negative, negative one? Yeah. Over and over. And one of the things that you just said is that when I'm in that negative space, yeah, yeah, when you're in that negative space, go for a walk. Yeah. Get, yeah. get out and start being, you know, switch that negative to being thankful for what you have. You're able to switch how you view those comments. And right. that's something that, you know, it takes a long time to, to figure out. So hopefully that speaks to somebody right now because, yeah, if you're in that negative space, take a walk, 
Yeah, sometimes that's all it is, right? It's just changing your physiology, changing, mm-hmm. you know, what's going on in your physical body sometimes. You know, you, you may think, I'm scared of this, or you might be hungry, or you might need a drink of water, <laughs> or you might need a walk. It can change yes. everything. Yeah. Speaking of that, where's my world? <laughs> no, but um, there, is, there is a quote that I, I do like by G.K. Chesterton. Something that he said I think is is pretty interesting. He said that courage is almost a contradiction in terms. A soldier surrounded by enemies, if he is to cut his way out, needs to combine a strong desire for living with a strange carelessness about dying. He must seek his life in a spirit of furious indifference to it. He must desire life like water and yet drink death like wine. And I, I think, I mean, that's a little um, over the top, maybe. You may think, oh, that's really getting dramatic about it. But really, there's something, though, about just internalizing that and thinking about it in that way that we have to be courageous. We have to be bold if that's what we want to do, if we're trying to serve an audience. And if you are wanting to teach, or you're wanting to sell your work, it does take um, just letting go of your fear. And being courageous in spite of your fear that you may have. Uh, one of the things I love, you guys probably find that I go to a lot of Bible references, even though I'm terrible about actually quoting. But it says over 300 times, fear not. If that's the way that he wants us to live, then what the heck are we doing? You know, And uh, uh, that, this is something I continuously struggle with is the fear and anxiety of not being good enough. I have to constantly think about that and renew my mind, get rid of those negative thoughts and just think, you know, if he is with me, who can be against me? Think about that. That's when I'm like, okay, I can hit the send button. What's the worst that's going to happen? I'm not going to die from. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No physical harm is going to come of this. Yeah. That's a good reminder. Yeah. My husband was an army ranger and I used to get so stressed out when I was, uh, when I worked for UPS and he was, <laughs> and I would get migraines and stuff. And then finally he said to me, is, is anybody going to die over this? Right. And I said, no. He's like, anybody get it shot at? And I said, no. And he's like, you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, there's That's a good reminder. <laughs> it's not that serious. That's good. What advice would you give just someone brand new to art or coming back to art after perhaps a long break? Advice that I would give to a new person or somebody that's coming back into art is find number one, find a good teacher. And, you know, John, you're excellent pencil artist. If you want to learn oils, come to me. If you want to learn anything, find a good teacher. And if that first teacher doesn't speak to you and speak to what you want to do, keep looking for a good teacher because uh, it does take some time to find somebody that works well with you. And, the other thing is give yourself time and oh, yeah. you're not going to be perfect right away. And, and that's part of the joy is that you're going to get to find your voice, what you love to do in your artwork. It's not about being perfect. It's about you. So getting to create something amazing. Just take some time, relax into it and enjoy it. Very good. Oh, I love that. That that is that is excellent advice, and I really love that advice about seeking out a teacher, some kind of mentor, and being able to 
find someone that can help. It, it can shortcut your process when you do that. I'm not everybody's cup of tea. If you if you try out my courses online, uh, they may not be right for you. But there is an artist out there who um, would be just right for you, perhaps, or a plethora of uh, several artists. You know, there there may be uh, one or two or three or four, but stick with one for a little while. Don't just the hopping around so fast that you never get any real instruction. Even try some different mediums, too, with different instructors. Now, you can marry different techniques across the platform, so to speak. Right. And and that's how I developed my styles. I took China painting. I've taken watercolor. I've taken oils and acrylics, all from different instructors. And I've created my own method. So it just takes some time and really enjoy it. Find lots of teachers and just, you know, make the most of every day that you get to do this. Yeah, I always think it's a real cheesy saying that uh, if you find what you love to do, you'll never work a day in your life. When you think of that old that old saying, that oh. adage, um, and it is cheesy, but it, there's also an element of truth in that as well. You know that yeah. it it is kind of true that if you enjoy what you do, it doesn't it doesn't feel like a lot of work. It feels like something like a hobby. You enjoy what you do. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, this. Retirement plan. I don't plan on ever stopping. <laughs> I don't either. That, that's exactly right. Good point. I don't either. <laughs> One of my daughters the other day said something about uh, retirement or when you're going to retire. I said, I don't really want to retire. That that sounds like the most boring thing in the world to me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what am I going to do? I'm going to paint. Yeah, I'm going to do what I'm doing now. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been a lot of fun, Stephanie. Thank you so much for coming on here. I know we didn't really even talk a whole lot about project management. We hinted at it a little bit in the beginning, and we talked about it with regard to commissions and uh, how you're working with partners and that kind of thing. Maybe we'll have you on sometime in the future and and talk more about something like that. But this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing what you did, and we'll link up everything you talked about in the show notes. I appreciate it so much. Thank you for having me. This was fantastic. Always a joy to talk with you. This is a weekly show. If you enjoy the show, tell someone else about the show. Join us each week. Go to the show notes at sharpenedartist.com slash podcast. Reach out podcast at sharpenedartist.com. And we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com.